All right. So welcome to this episode of The Fast Track. My name is Evie Lyons. I am the VP of Marketing at Tracker. And today I am here uh, with two guests and we are going to be tackling the question, uh, what advice do we have for beauty and lifestyle brands um, who are transitioning influencer activations from in real life to hashtag stay home? Um, I am really excited here uh, to be with Scarlett Tidy, who is an influencer marketing consultant with beauty and lifestyle uh, luxury brands, as well as Mackenzie Newcomb, the influencer marketing manager at Tracker. So uh, if you guys could just introduce yourself, Scarlett, go ahead and go first. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Evie and Mackenzie. It's lovely to take the time to chat with you about all of the adjustments we're facing, um, both as influencers and as the brands themselves. Um, but as Evie mentioned, I'm an influencer marketing consultant. I work primarily within the beauty and skincare space, but also in fashion and uh, jewelry, all of that good stuff. Awesome. Thanks for joining. And Mackenzie, could you tell us a little bit about your background as well? It goes beyond just influencer marketing at Tracker. Of course. So I'm obviously the influencer marketing manager at Tracker, but I'm also a micro influencer myself. I cover mostly fashion, but also books. I have a 2000 person book club called the bad bitch book club. Follow us on Instagram. And I'm also an aspiring TikTok star ever since being quarantined. Awesome. Aren't we all? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we have been um, speaking to a lot of the, the tracker community over the last couple of weeks, and we're getting a lot of questions. Um, one of the most pressing questions is just sort of how do you know all of these really beautifully well laid out plans for Q2 are now completely uh, probably uh, thrown out the window and a lot of brands are trying to figure out what they can do to, um, you know, should they continue their activations? How should they think about activations um, going forward? And so I just, I really wanted today to tackle that question of, of how, uh, how brands, what are some concrete things brands can be doing as they adjust their strategies um, in influencer marketing over the coming weeks and months? And so I guess, you know, for the foreseeable future, there's no store openings. Um, there are no influencer trips, uh, parties, or pop-ups to be had. So what exactly can an influencer marketing team do uh, to, to engage their, to connect with their, their influencers and, and consumers in, in the next couple of weeks and months? Yeah, so it's really um, wild. I feel like everything happened all at once from a, a brand perspective. It was, you know what, keep pushing forward with our activations, making sure all of our plans were in place. And then as soon as we had to shelter in place, everything really shifted and changed. But something that's been awesome, both as someone who works behind the scenes on brands, but also as a consumer myself, is watching the natural creativity that's blossomed out of this stay-at-home period. So I'm seeing a lot more brands kind of go outside of their normal bubbles of activations, you know, lots of IG lives. I don't think anyone's used IG live this much in the whole period of it being <laughs> in existence. Um, but you know, there's meditation classes, people giving sound baths, there's workout classes, there's been talent shows. So all of this has naturally really blossomed out of the period of 
what we're facing. And I think that brands who are um, working with influencers correctly are really just hoping to preserve that community and not let them, you know, feel like they are, you know, missing out on their favorite skincare brand because they're not able to go on influencer trips or they're not able to go and visit in store and get a facial or buy a product. Um, so it's been really amazing, I think, seeing that naturally progress and then just really understanding from a brand perspective how we fit into that. So still maintaining that authentic kind of vision and brand DNA, um, I wouldn't recommend, you know, a brand that's really serious go and start doing drag shows for instance but if that really aligns with your brand dna maybe you then partner with a drag queen online and do a drag makeup tutorial and encourage audiences to do the same as well so um you know it's really just been about kind of being creative and i also think brands right now now is the time to experiment so um if there's something that you've been really wanting to try on social give it a try your audience is all paying attention and if you're willing to kind of take that risk i think your audience will love you for it or they'll give you the feedback that it doesn't work for them um but you know really paying attention to what's naturally happening already and then leveraging those ideas and integrating the brands themselves into it, I think has just been fascinating. And it's allowed for a lot of people like me who lives at Lone and my family's far away um, to connect with my brands and also the influencers that are big advocates of them as well. Are there anything, are there anything, um, anything that you would caution against in this moment? I think just truly remembering that we're going through a really delicate period and it's very, a lot of us are fragile and um, you know, despite it's so wild because social media always goes on, like the world could be ending and people will still be posting about it on social media and sending direct messages, taking selfies. Like we just see that happening all the time. And I think that brands who are not mindful of everyone's current state, um, because they're lost in the hustle of social media. Like we need to post now, we need to be posting more, we need to be doing lives. I think um, it can come across insensitive. So just really taking your time and understanding what's right for your community. Um, I think that knowing that not everyone is gonna be really happy right now. So you may get kind of different opinions on things, but as long as you're aware of that and you're you know, treading delicately, I think you should be fine. Gotcha. And Mackenzie, um, did you wanna weigh in on that as well? First of all, please send me the link to whoever is doing drag shows because that is the kind of entertainment I really need in my life. And I think you're absolutely right. It is a matter of checking yourself and asking yourself several different times, is this the right kind of activation right now? Give it three more eyes than you normally would in a non-pandemic situation and seeing what's actually authentic. And I think with skincare brands especially, Although it is definitely a time where a lot of people are taking the time to reevaluate their self-care, we also have to remind ourselves that this is not why we're locked in the house. We are locked in the house for a different reason and maybe reevaluate what kind of jokes you'd use or what you'd approve for an influencer who's sending you a copy for their Instagram caption of what actually is going to be okay to avoid that kind of backlash. But I have to say, there's probably never been a better time to send a skincare mailer. So if you're listening to this and you want a micro-influencer, call me. <laughs>
Agree. No, Mackenzie, you bring up such a great point. And I think a lot of, you know, with the brands that I'm working on, like the level of approvals has just been a lot more thorough. And, you know, even rephrasing words like staycation, like right now, none of us are on a staycation. So maybe let's stay away from using that word when we're creating a bundle or we're creating a routine. Um, So little things like that, that of course, like staycation has never been a controversial word in the past, but it may be a little touchy now. Um, So I think you raise a really excellent point there. That's brilliant. And it's much more of a care package at this point than a staycation. That's exactly, exactly. I have a question you mentioned a little bit, um, one of you uh, about uh, just like the copy that we're providing influencers. Do you think this is a time to ease up on the you know, the, the brand guidelines and really to your point in the beginning, go back a little bit, let some of that natural creativity shine more? Yeah, I, I mean, I like, you know, I've always allowed my content creators creativity to shine. I've never been one of those influencer marketers who requires their nail polish to look a certain way for them to be wearing a certain type of t-shirt. I always consider that brand washing. And so I think that when you are selecting your partners, you have to do your background to understand where they're at. So, you know, if you're going after a celebrity and they're being really vocal about how coronavirus doesn't really matter or whatever it may be, it's up to you to really do that background checks on them and understand the type of content creator they are. Um, Because I feel like when you are selecting the right partners, you don't have to be super strict on what they should and shouldn't say because they should naturally be following kind of the same guidelines that you would. Um, I always recommend checking content and captions for approval anyways. So, you know, as a brand, you don't really need to relay to them like, look, we're going to be extra cautious, but knowing that that's on you and your responsibility, I think it's important to be just, you know, taking those extra steps. Do you, oh, go ahead, Mackenzie. To your point about allowing influencers a little extra creativity, uh, one of my favorite bloggers ever, JC Dupree, Damsel and Dior, did a partnership with a handbag company, a luxury handbag company about a week ago. And I could tell this had probably been something that had been scheduled for if not weeks, probably months. And there was no address for coronavirus anywhere in there. And obviously now is not the time where we're shopping luxury handbags. And yet still it felt early enough during this crisis that pretty much anybody would look at it and be like, oh, this was definitely scheduled ahead of time. But I agree with you, Evie, allowing influencers a little bit more freedom. Maybe a luxury handbag company wouldn't normally allow for some jokes in there, but addressing the situation like, haha. We, this partnership was clearly created when we were wearing handbags outside of the house would be a little bit more, not, it would be more appropriate now than it would have been at another time. I think that, yeah, that definitely uh, makes a a great deal of sense. I've heard um, from different brands that they are, they're even considering um, halting paid partnerships for, for various reasons during Corona. What's your take on that, Scarlett? Well, you know, I've had a lot of mixed feelings about that. I think, you know, earlier when everyone was in this panic of like, oh my gosh, we're shutting down, offices are closed, there's so many companies laying off employees. I think that, you know, it was in this really 
really crazy period where we were like, look, maybe posting influencer content about skincare or about the new fashion trends doesn't make sense. But I always revert back to a quote and I'm totally paraphrasing, but I'm pretty sure Henry Ford was once said like a person who's not advertising is just making a really big mistake very much paraphrasing right now. I don't have that quote memorized, but you know, I always thought about that. Like the world is still going on and people are still living their lives to the best that they can. And, um, I think on a case by case basis, it's important for the brand to assess with that influencer partner. Look, are you still comfortable doing paid content at this time? If not, you know, when is an appropriate time to revisit that conversation or look, we still feel that this is important. Our launch is still happening. We want to move forward. What's the best way we can go about producing content. that's going to make sense for your audience and also stay relevant to the times. So, you know, for me, I think, the brands that are winning right now are still moving forward with what they need to be moving forward with, but they're doing it in a way that is speaking to what's going on and they're not kind of creating in your face content, really salesy. Um, but if you can see, like, I don't know if anyone is as signed up to as many email, um, you know, subscriptions as I am, but almost every company that I have an interaction with sent me, you know, emails, promoting sales. I'm seeing it on social. So the community is still moving forward. It's just kind of picking the right partners, I guess, really is what it all boils down to. And let's maybe come back to how to pick the right partners um, in, in a minute. Um, but before we, we move on there, um, are there any other ways that you are thinking about activating influencers differently right now that we haven't covered? Yeah. So, um, I work for skincare brands. I work for two really amazing skincare brands. And one of the ways that we're leveraging our influencer partners is by having, um, skin consultations with our founders. So normally we provide on press trips, that opportunity to happen in a face by face environment. And since that's not happening, um, we've reached out to the influencers and let them know like, Hey, our skin's incredibly stressed right now. You may not have gotten a facial in a few weeks. Why don't you kind of sit down with, you know, whatever founder and have a 30 minute discussion of what's happening in your life. And that really allows for the influencer to one, know that we're there and we're still thinking about them, but two, that they can have access to someone and it may be in a different, you know, in a Zoom meeting or a different format, but they're still getting that kind of white glove service with the founder um, that they would get on a press trip. So that's been really exciting to see come to life. Um, also using our facial therapist to do skin consultations and live consultations on Instagram, which has been really interesting because, you know, normally those are very private meetings that happen between a facialist right before you're about to get a treatment. And I think I didn't realize how interested influencers audience would be in and understanding who they follow their skin concerns and how they address them. So those have been two really um, awesome activations that have kind of bubbled out of this whole process. And um, we're really looking at how we, you know, did our one-on-one -on -one interactions and group setting activations and how we can bring them onto a virtual space. That's amazing. Um, I, I really need that myself. I, was really looking forward. I, actually, if you can believe this, I was in the process of moving to New York. Um, I'm actually in the middle right now. I'm in, I'm in Minnesota. I didn't quite make it to New York. Um, had to leave SF because that apartment ended and, and then wasn't about to walk into um, 
you know, an unknown situation. Uh, we didn't have a program lined up there. So anyway, I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the middle right now. But what I was so excited to get to New York and like get into the routine of, of facials. And now I'm like, I'm like, I don't know when that's going to happen. So that, that's amazing. Well, there is an at-home facial, do-it-yourself kind of DIY on like tons of Instagrams right now. I'll for sure DM them to you so you can do it yourself. All right. Well, I'm going to have to jump in to that a little bit. Um, Mackenzie, I wanted to give you a chance to, to answer that question as well. Well, I actually loved your answer, Scarlett. And for those of you who are listening on audio, Scarlett has amazing skin, so I would take her <laughs> advice on this for sure. But I do think that skincare is one of those things that it relaxes a lot of people. It's therapeutic. And so it's very easy for these activations for at least skincare to be moved over to Instagram and Instagram Live, especially. I found that that is, everybody's going live. Have you noticed that, Scarlett? Oh my gosh. It's like, I've never seen so many lives pop up on my stories. I'm like, normally it was maybe one a day. Now it's at least 10 to 20 and there's collaborations. It's just, it's overwhelming, but I'm here for it. Right. Not only that, I'm participating in lives. I'm commenting on my favorite influencers. I'm asking them questions about their skincare routine. I'm asking them what mascara they're wearing. It's actually pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Uh, but I do want to say that now is also a really good time to let organic advocates speak for your brand. Um, because if you're, un if you're uncertain about starting a new activation and working with a new influencer, that maybe it's time to work with just the people you trust the most. And if you're scaling back a little bit, remember that the people that are part of your community that mean the most. That's such a, such an excellent point. I think now is the time to invest into the partners who have been with you all along the ups and downs and all those journeys, because they'll be those pillars that help you get through this one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's great advice. Um, I was curious about, I wanted to go deep into like a very specific type of influencer activation. Scarlett, are you seeing people increase or decrease their product seeding during this time or in the coming weeks and months? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think from like a logistical standpoint, I don't think brands are able to ship out products, especially the ones who are facing lockdowns or they're not able to access their office. So um, particularly on two of the brands, we have not been able to ship any refills, any newness. And we were lucky that a PR mailer was actually already shipped in advance of our launch. Um, but it's been really challenging because influencers are turning to us asking us you know for product to create content with or maybe they've run out and we just physically aren't able to provide it so i think that brands will face a lot of challenges overcoming that because there's just physical uh, you know obstacles in their way but i do think that brands that are reacting and responding to okay how can we get products in hands are we going to our you know e-commerce sites and finding a way where we can place orders and it's going to discount them and ship it directly i think like you know brands that are winning are just already trying to overcome those obstacles and getting product in hand. Because as Mackenzie said, like now is the best time to receive care packages, especially when gifts are, you know, our mailers are sent out with purpose and, and thoughts. And, um, you know, I think it's important to still be, to still be getting product in hands now more than ever. I mean, people are unboxing, they're spring cleaning out all their old, you know, beauty products. They're opening, you know, the new ones. I mean, it is springtime. I think people are still spring cleaning. So, 
um, you know, if you can, um, I would say do it. If there's a will, there's a way. Um, but if you are challenged with the obstacles where you can't, you know, really lean into the people who do have products and nurture the relationships and understand, you know, are you liking the products that you have? You know, when we are able to get you new ones, what are the products that we can get to you? Just so you have an idea of the SKUs and the, the, the different hero products that are standing out throughout all of this. Wow. You don't think about the supply chain until it fails. Right. That is, that is, um, absolutely. I didn't think about that myself that you can't get into your offices. Um, you did say something that really, uh, I want to dig a little bit deeper into that. If you are able to do mailers, make sure you're doing them with purpose. Um, you and I have spoken in the past about the importance of being really data driven in your, um, in all activations, including the ones that are, you know, quote, free because um, they're not really free and there is a huge cost associated with them. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you guide uh, your, your clients to get a little bit smarter about how they go about that type of activation? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I was raised to really be eco-friendly. So I have always taken the lens and point of view that mailers should not come with a lot of thrills and frills um, that are really wasteful. One, recycling is a pain in the butt, especially if you live in an apartment or if you live in a home where you only have one can. Um, and so I think that while we are all are doing our best to help the environment, you know, I don't think influencers want to, you know, be responsible for recycling all that material. So really, I always guide brands to, to minimize waste and really be thoughtful in terms of how they're shipping product. Um, I've always had the lens as well that like, it's not about the unboxing video, it's really about the influencer using the product that's inside. So for me, shipping a product really is just a vehicle to get to an influencer. And then it's the nurturing and the communication that happens once they receive the package that's really going to help you know, bring the content that is authentic and, and, you know, what the audience wants to life. Um, but, you know, product does need to be sent out. So, you know, when you are sending product, um, especially if it's around newness or even if it's kind of revisiting core SKUs and having halo moments on different products that relate to a newness, um, I really try and kind of create a story for why we're gifting it. Um, so I've seen that like influencers are gifting each other right now, like Jen Atkin just gifted like Desi Perkins and a few of her friends really comfortable robes because she's like, look, you're not going to be needing to get changed out of this for a while. Enjoy the comfort of it. And for me, even though that's not a brand giving out, um, you know, their products that they're trying to promote, it just shows like a really thoughtful gift. And I think it's really the thought that that matters. Um, so other brands that are doing great examples of it are, you know, sending out products that people can mask at home with and they're sending it out with a candle that they can light to really help de-stress. Um, True Botanicals, for instance, is sending out a stress roller. Um, it's like this beautiful essential oil blends out with all of their products um, to influencers right now so that while they're, you know, still giving out their clay masks and their, you know, radiant oils, they're coming with a stress roller just to speak to the current climate and what people are going through. That's, I think that's, that's really the key is like, the giving back any way you can. And, and you know, the point, like the influencers helping influencers and influencers helping their community. How many, how many influencers have we seen um, uh, in the, the workout world giving away their programs for free? 
um, during this time. I think it's pretty amazing. And so as a brand asking yourself, what can we give? What can we give at this time and not ask anything in return? It's just really not the time I think is, is a good strategy. Um, we are getting close to the end of our time before I maybe pull out some of my favorite moments. And there are a lot. Um, is there anything, uh, that you wanted to add? Um, I would just say that, you know, as humans and as social media marketers, like one of our biggest strengths is that we're able to adapt and that despite everything that's happening and the uncertainty, I think that social media will adapt and people will adapt with the times. And I think brands that can adapt and not, you know, um, try and fight the changes and can really be fluid and flexible, I think are going to come out on top. And that doesn't mean, you know, doing things that go against the grain and go against what your, you know, your, your marketing strategy is or your brand DNA. But I do think like having patience and um, being a little bit more willing to change and willing to shift gears when you need to is really going to put your brand and also the people that are working on the brand in a better position. Like we forget that there's these amazing, amazing teams behind the brands that are still producing content. And especially as a consultant going and visiting a bunch of different teams right now, and virtually, of course, they're all going through their own different, you know, versions of stress or their own versions of adaptation. And I think, you know, being mindful of that and, and as a consumer also knowing like, yeah, my brand's not posting regularly. Well, maybe their employees are trying to get their act together or maybe they're all going through a hard team is, you know, being understanding of that and that, you know, this too shall pass and we will come out stronger because of it. Absolutely. Mackenzie? Yes. I think my biggest takeaway was that now is not the time to stop your marketing efforts, but given the situation with supply chain now, I loved what you said, Scarlett, about how it is the perfect time to nurture the relationships with those who already have your product in their hands, because there really has never been a better time for that. Really good. Um, absolutely. I think for me, the things that really jumped out were just embracing that natural creativity that is just blooming all over social media right now and harnessing that and finding your place as a brand within that. Um, I love, it's time to experiment. This podcast is a perfect example. We didn't have this podcast before COVID-19. We wanted it. We just didn't take the time to prioritize it and it became important and we're, we're going with the flow and it will get better. Of course, our, our technology setup will improve, I'm sure, uh, but I'm happy that we're doing it, you know, and feedback welcome um, to those who are listening. And the, the, I think the third thing that you said that I think is really, really important um, early on, just want to come back to it, is just increase your levels of approval a little bit more. It's really easy to make a mistake, like using a hashtag that seems really, um, you know, like staycation, like why would that be, uh, that would never be um, politically incorrect in any way. Why would you second guess it? Um, but there's just a lot of moments right now. We're doing it ourselves. We're trying to really look at every, every blog we put out, every image we use, like, is there a reason why this isn't appropriate right now? So I think that adding in multiple layers of approval is probably the smart way to go here. Um, Thank you so much, uh, Scarlett and Mackenzie, for joining me today. I think this is exactly the type of uh, insight that people are looking for right now, and it's been a pleasure. 
Oh, it's been so much fun. And honestly, I really look forward to um, doing more of these with you guys. I love my tracker family. And um, I think this has been a great, great way to kind of share out learnings and, and bring the influencer marketing community together um, more now than ever before. Well, thanks, Carla. Thanks for all your amazing insight. Of course. See you guys in episode three. Bye.